Era, era, two heels in a face. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tuesday in the Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode, we have another interview, Zello Pro interview. Alex Gracia steps into the Zello Zone. You can also check out this interview on Zello Pro's YouTube channel. Check out the video interview version of it. And also go subscribe to the YouTube channel for other interviews that have been going on during the quarantine so you don't get bored and you can check those out. Speaking of not getting bored, Chris, you were just telling me during our first take of this episode, which was brutally screwed up by my by my internet, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a a, a Hogan leg drop on my on my uh, my router in about 20 seconds. Before I do that, to explain to me how you've been getting creative in the quarantine as of recent to try to interact socially with with people. <laughs> yeah, the social distancing creative version of uh, of compadre Chris is. Uh, um, it's made up of a white screen, uh, a screen that I bought on Amazon and a friend of mine brought over a projector. So we put up the screen, a projector in our backyard. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to share, well, not to share, but next to my backyard, I have a big parking lot. So I had a few people come in and drive mm-hmm. in. So it felt like a, a drive-in movie theater. And that was set to celebrate Carla's birthday since obviously there's no no get-togethers uh that was our our way of getting together and we watched the 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 new uh scooby-doo movie so that's, yeah, that's what the, the people voted on you heard it was, was bad it bad yeah i forgot who it was and I, on twitter was saying that it was bad i mean in all honesty I'm, I'm i've never been a huge scooby-doo fan so like it's cool whatever I'll, I'll watch it if it's on tv but it was something to watch and because i was also like not hosting but just making sure that everything was right like i kind of missed the uh the beginning of it but we bought the movie so i could still watch it it still watches it from time to time i haven't watched you know the beginning of it it was a decent movie i guess it was something different but now that i know that that setup works and keeps people in their cars and we can all enjoy a movie together uh might be pulling that off sometime soon so if you're down charlie come to the drive-in <laughs> the drive what do you charge for that is it for the, for the free it's absolutely free bro like and, and the cool thing is that i also had uh, an fm transmitter so sound was sent to people's car. So it's not like I had a loudspeaker in the backyard either. Oh, that's very creative of you. You, you jerry-rigged it and hooked it up. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I pulled it off, but I we we pulled it off. Outside of that, uh, I mentioned that uh, I I went fishing for the first time this year, and uh, oh was, really? For, was, oh okay, because I guess it was finally. Okay, well. Yeah, it was it was fishing season now, but you know because of the quarantine and everything, I just haven't done it. You know, I decided to to do that yesterday, and it was it was fun. I missed it. I had you know plenty of modelos in my cooler, but I didn't catch any fish. So you know, but it got it gave me a chance to to get out and explore nature a little more. But that inspired me to take it to, to for a walk at the at the forest preserve near the house. So. We've been shaking things up a bit. Uh, you know, the, the first leg of the quarantine was a lot of arts and crafts indoor. Now, uh, you know, walks and outdoor activities in the backyard, planted some plants. And oh, wow. uh, hopefully it will. Now I'm thinking about even starting a little a little garden, planting tomatoes and shit, because that's just what you do when you're indoors. <laughs> yeah, that's it's probably she probably you tell probably doesn't feel as cooped up as she felt before. Right. 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 Yeah. Yep. Oh, did you just drop? Some, did you just drop your Modelo? No, not the Modelo. It's it's a big boy Modelo here, but no, I didn't drop that. It was just my phone. Okay. So, uh, I'm so currently I mean, drinking out of a Boda box. Ever had a Boda box wine? If I remember correctly, the first time I heard about Boda was in a Two Heels in a Face <laughs> episode, probably yeah, version one, like or something <laughs> like episode one. I think it might have been the two like Two Heels in a Face episode, maybe number two. I recorded a Boda box ad without their consent to make it sound like <laughs> it kind of as a joke, but also to kind of make it sound like a little bit more professional of a podcast. Now we just don't even have that. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was yeah. funny. I remember it was a play on, uh, on the bootios from the, from the new day, like don't be Boda yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It got a little sure punny there. Box, it makes sure you ain't Boda. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, a nice full bodied red to end the night. So that's what I'm drinking. 
getting a little fancy tonight. Um, but if you are still, we're still, you know, there's a glimmer of hope. There's a glimmer of hope. A couple of announcements in Illinois, a couple of announcements in Chicago. Glimmer of hope of things getting back to normal soon with like a patio open date. Did you see that, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think I think hopefully there's going to be there's going to be some of that soon. But what that doesn't mean is that you shouldn't also be trying new cooking recipes in your own home, Chris, and trying that stuff out as well. Correct. That is true. There's a new book out there. You know, our friend Tony Rican, the average gourmet guy, uh, has finally <laughs> released this book. You can acquire it through Amazon. It's called the Easy Puerto Rican Cookbook. 100 classic recipes made simple. And if you don't follow Average Gourmet Guy on YouTube, he pumps out like two videos a week, I believe. And Insane. these are like He's a machine. super He's simple a machine. like stuff. And one of the things that uh, I think we we're talking with Trent last time we spoke to him is like, I don't know what he does with all that food he cooks. He's constantly cooking and, you know, making his videos. And it's it's really good food. I mean, we, we were able to go to his house and... Uh, we made uh, a yeah. loaded tots, right? Loaded tots, yeah. It was it was amazing food. It, either his family, he, he, like his family, is either like eating all the leftovers and just does, never has to worry about food, good food, or <laughs> it's all going to the homeless, or it's just all being thrown away. But I hope it's not being thrown away. I hope that I'm sure it's not leftovers. being thrown away. Somebody's eating it, and man, like. If uh, we were able to get our hands on an early release of the ebook version, uh, there's definitely some recipes there that that I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give a shot. Like just you know, probably I don't know if it's with Itzel or or with Carla. We'll we'll do a, a family cook night or something uh, and try some of these out because I am a su- sucker for some Puerto Rican food and Ooh. he gets pretty innovative. Yeah. So when you're cooking it, are you gonna be like, "What's up, guys? This is Chris Romero here." <laughs> We're about to down 12 Modelos while we cook some Puerto Rican tacos. Is that going to be your introduction? And you know what? These are awesome. <laughs> These are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the description is even like, I'm honestly impressed with the Amazon page because no one takes the time, I feel like, to put in like a really, really nice description. Like, I don't know if you wrote this or who wrote this, but just reading it, it makes your mouth water. Like slow cooker dinners, authentic... They use the word delectable, a hundred delectable recipes, staples from scratch. Like it's, it's going to be some of the most authentic Puerto Rican food. It's from a Puerto Rican. It's going to be some of the most authentic Puerto Rican food that you'll ever try. His name is Tony Rican. His name is Tony Rican. (laughs) And also, you know, it's going to be simple. His whole premise is average guy gourmet. So, I mean, I could even probably stumble into a decent dinner if I were to try this out and I am inept at cooking. So. Those are all the benefits. So get you can get a, a hardcover book. Uh, you can order through uh, Amazon. Or if you have Kindle Unlimited, uh, which I think I do for some reason. I don't know why. But I have access to this for free. Um, so anybody that has Kindle Unlimited can access it for free. Or you can get a paperback for $12.49. Yep. We're going to put the Amazon link in the description of the episode, in the article. You know, we even tweeted out. But honestly, I mean, Tony Rican is, is, you know him as the ticket guy for AEW. You know him as a former wrestler. You know him as the average guy, gourmet guy. But he's he deserves all your support. He's a really good guy. And no one works harder. And we're super proud of him to have, to have built this from the ground up and have a really, really cool book that just reflects who he is. So go check that out. If, go check that out before you realize that, like, you know, every restaurant in Chicago only has patio space for like four tables and you can't get in. There <laughs> so we're not out of this yet. We're not out of the quarantine yet. Uh, right, right. We're in the home stretch. Hopefully, hopefully knock on wood. I'm not trying to jinx it, but this, this, this cookbook will help get you through that last quarter. Talking about the last quarter. Did you watch the last episodes of um, the, I, oh, every time I'm talking to you, I always forget the name of it. The, the, last, um, dance. the last dance. Yes. Yeah, man. I, I don't know if there's anything that has lived up to the hype as much. It was like the hype going into it was like, this is going to be a a 10 out of 10. And then for me, it was a 10 out of 10. There's absolutely no letdown from like, this is the hype. This is how good this thing is going to be. And this is how good it actually was. It it was like, this is going to be a 10 out of 10 documentary. It was a 10 out of 10 documentary. And I was completely pleased with it. And they waited until the last episode 
to do the Dennis Rodman stuff. And it was, mm-hmm. it was absolutely glorious. The NWO Dennis Rodman stuff, like the picture, the picture of Dennis Rodman winning the, the last championship chilling with Carmen Electra in NWO sweatpants. Like that <laughs> is, if I were to take my alter ego of like, and like my alter ego was a, as successful as a star basketball player, like that is what it would be. That would be the image that would come out, and Dennis Rodman lived it. Yeah, that that was wild. Like, and yeah, like you said, like the the whole series was amazing. Like, and I wonder, like us, you know, Chicago people, did we kind of like loved it more because it was Chicago, or do you think like just national, nationally, like everybody was just like, this is the shit. I think that nationally, a lot of people like Jordan because people are attracted to greatness. So, and there's a, there's a ton of random people that don't even like like any of the teams that LeBron has played for, but they're LeBron fans. Mm-hmm. So, true. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of the same thing, but just with an obviously an older generation who saw a lot more of Jordan. Like, I think that secretly, if you're a fan of basketball, unless you were like a fan of like a rival team that played Jordan a lot, like maybe if you were a diehard Knicks fan, you hated Jordan. Maybe if you were like a Pistons fan, you hated Jordan. But if you were just a new a fan of like a neutral team, I feel like you had to have liked Jordan and like just be attracted to his greatness. So a little bit more Chicago. Yeah. Like maybe Chicago likes the championships as a whole, but I feel like there's a lot of people who have no affiliation to Chicago who are just like, yeah, I really like Jordan. Talking about greatness. Did you get to uh, listen or have you listened to my purple or my, I'm sorry, Matt Nix, my Violet Tendencies podcast. This was the episode with Ego, Kylie Ray, and and Mad Knicks. No, I haven't was listened a, to that one. It was one. a lengthy one, but it was okay. really good. It, w- um, it was even great. This say? is where Ego kind of pulled some pulled some content from from this podcast for the vlog, and I think we talked about that vlog it was already released a couple of weeks ago. But they get more in depth into that feud. And, you know, the, the way we talk about GPA versus Kylie Ray's feud from, you know, a couple of years ago, two years ago, I think, when it started, like, I think that might be the feud of of this year. I mean, I know there hasn't been much wrestling, but at least for us Chicago folks, uh, that has to be one of the, the best feuds so far. You think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's hard to argue. I, ha- I have to. I, I think it's hard because it's just like a quarter. There's just a bit mm-hmm. of quarter. Yep of the year. So there's not a ton to compare it to, but it was definitely a feud that had a lot of, a little bit of, his, not a lot of, but a little bit of history, like enough history for it to mean something that makes sense. Just because Ethan Page has treated Kylie Ray so bad, like so verbally like abused her that, um, yeah, I think that it, it, it definitely meant something more. They talk about how like in during the first match at the end, it wasn't planned for Ego to cut a, pl- a promo on Kylie, but because there was a fan, you know, shouting at Ego for beating up a woman, he he just felt the need to cut the promo and say, hey, th- it was a wrestler versus a wrestler, not male versus female in the ring. And then, of course, being himself and, and doing his, you know, character stuff, he ended up sending Kylie off. So it's just cool to hear Ego talk about that and how he knows what he has to say, but also knows how to manipulate the crowd to get his heat back. Yeah, man, he, he's he's masterful at that. And yeah, I, I like how, I mean, you can tell he's a good guy too, right? Because it's, it's wrestling. He's not like, he didn't bring have to bring the gender into it, which is like a cheap shot. He found mm-hmm. another way. He found another way to, to generate heat without just being like, I'm a man, you're a girl. Because that's like, he's just so much smarter than that in his promo cutting. All right, before we have more technical difficulties charlie i think it's time for us to hand it over to the zello zone mappa calling and alex gracia anything you want to mention before uh we jump into this interview yeah i think that um alex gracia is very uh new to me i think that she has a lot of things that draw you in like a lot about her like her Mm -hmm. persona a lot about her personality a lot about like her look um uh like her the all the pinkness all that stuff going on she's definitely got like a tone if you will to like her image um i think that's that's for being so new it seems like a lot of that is already there a lot of her personality is already there which is really cool because it's like a defined gimmick and that's a hard thing to figure out so soon 
she seems to have figured that part out. Um, I, I caught, I, I intentionally, uh, I intentionally caught a match with her and Miranda Alizé. Like right after I listened to the interview with Alex Gracia, I went and just wanted to watch another one of her matches because I was just interested in more of what she has. And I saw a match with her and Miranda Alizé. It was great. It was a good match. So I'm just really excited for her to be kind of introduced into the Chicagoland area. It's cool because yeah. the women, the women's wrestling scene here is so damn strong. It's just like you're inserting another component, and now this component can wrestle Laney Luck, can wrestle a Kylie Ray one v one, can wrestle um, all these new up and coming people from the Freelance Training Academy, can get involved in like women's Sheeland scrambles or just scrambles in general with males. Um, so she was gonna be, she's gonna be a welcome addition, and. I'm curious. I'm curious. I don't know a lot about her. There's a lot. And and this interview kind of brings some of that together, brings a little bit of her past, shows her hunger, her passion and things like that. And um, it's a really, really nice introduction. This is, I know we, when we have interviews, we like try to kind of skip all the obligatory introduction questions that sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. the people, but this was a, like a really good one where like I wanted to know the obligatory introduction stuff. And I think they hit yeah. it really well as well as, um, uh, just some other cool stuff about her. So she's she's a pretty interesting cat so far, and excited for her to to hopefully get mixed up in the scene and wrestle Laney and wrestle some other people. Yeah, third time's a charm. So whenever she gets booked in Chicago for the third time, you know it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to. That's what I keep saying too. Third time's a charm. So fingers crossed, man, and fingers crossed we're there to see it live. <laughs> Absolutely. As far as uh, Cello Pro, you can always find Cello Pro on YouTube. Go to subscribe to their channel. Check out this the video version of this interview on youtubecom Pro. You can find Cello Pro on Facebook, facebookcom Pro, Twitter at Cello Wrestling, or Instagram at Cello Pro. Yeah, that was a really good job of summarizing Zello Pro without any like hiccups. I'm really proud of you for that. That was great. Well, thank you, Charlie. You know, it helps. Yeah. The third monitor gives me extra space for an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, as far as we go, you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Two Heels and a Face. That's number two, Heels and a Face. You can visit our website, twoheelsandaface.com, and you can find our episodes over at Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Word on the street is that our, our podcast on Spotify is bigger than Joe Rogan, so watch out, Joe Rogan. Um, iTunes, did I say SoundCloud, Google Play, and those are the main ones as well. And um, all the other weird Android apps that are probably syndicated too. <laughs> That's right. Uh, make sure you support your local indie wrestlers and indie promotions. I'm sure they have a Pro Wrestling Tees page or a Water Maneuvers page. Go check those out. Support them. We will soon be able to see our lovely faces in person. Yeah, I'm going to kiss your face when I see it. All right, and we'll drink Modellas together. See you soon. Hashtag beat up GPA. Please do. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another quarantine edition of the Zello Zone. I am your host, Matt Bacalling, as always. And today with me is the pink dream, Alex Gracia. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. Greetings. Thank so, you for having me. This is fun. Absolutely. So glad that we could do this. Anytime that we can socially interact, always fun to add a little bit of, of entertainment and distraction to our lives. And really, we would be about just a week and a half away from what would have been Zello Pro's next event, where we were supposed to finally have you once again uh, competing against Lena for the Women's Championship, a match that was rescheduled already from January. Fingers crossed we get to make it happen at some point. Third time's a charm. Like, this can't, this has happened twice. So it's like, the third time has to happen. But you know what? Like, I feel like that third time, like, because of the anticipation and because of the the situation, it's going to be like, okay, it was worth the wait. So so much natural buildup already that it went, by the time it does happen, we'll be, we'll be ready to pop off from the very beginning. So I I always start these conversations off with it's crazy, unprecedented times that we are living in. How is quarantine treating you? What are things that you're doing to stay sane? What does your schedule look like these days? So, I feel like if I think about the situation too much, that's when I like go a little crazy and then you like tend to scare yourself. So it's like, I've just been keeping like the same routine every day. Like I've been 
able to actually like keep up with my nutrition and like cook as much as I like and like do workouts like I miss weights so much but like it's making me have to like be a little bit more creative and then I started like my Spanish classes which I needed to do so that's taking up a lot of my time because it is very confusing. <laughs> are you are you taking online classes to learn Spanish? Yes. Yeah, so it's like a very like interactive type of like conversational Spanish class. So okay. like hopefully whenever I go there next time, I'll be a little bit more fluent. <laughs> right on. Right on. So yeah. and you do you have a, a home gym or some kind of setup? Or are you doing mostly just body weight workouts? So I've been doing Insanity Max. Okay. Right on. And it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard. And so, like, a few years ago, well, I've actually done, like, the Insanity program, like, a couple times um, throughout, like, my college life. But I was like, oh, let me try Insanity Max. And I was like, this is so hard. But I feel like I'm getting, like, a lot done to where it'll be good, like, for my cardio and just all that. So I'm trying to do that like every day. But yeah, good for you. I mean, there's only so many things that we can do right now. And yeah, and any way that you can switch it up and and try it, especially if it's something that's challenging you when we can't go to a gym. It's the best thing Mm -hmm. you can ask for at this point, really. Exactly. I'm like, it's something every day. And then I'll just try to do like something light, like in the evening, like abs. And then I have like, one dumbbell. So I do as much as what I can with that one dumbbell. (laughs) That's so crazy. So, and you're in Texas, correct? Yes. So how, like, how is the climate in Texas going on with, with all of this stuff? Is it pretty similar to the rest of the country as it appears on, on TV and social and everything like that? Are you noticing any differences or nuances being in a Southern state? Um, it, I feel like there's always people on the road in Houston. Like, where are you going? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's like, I have my days that I go like to the grocery store just like for cooking it's like well I have to go get stuff but that's the only places I go and I'm like why where are all these people like what's going on I don't understand but so are are you officially on a lockdown via state regulations yes I believe so so only like essential businesses and stuff are open yeah man so, so crazy. So prior prior to all of this kind of going down, your your schedule is obviously very busy. You're, you're working all over the place. And I know that you uh, are pretty regular in, in working in Houston and, and for uh, Reality of Wrestling and, and as well as going down to, to Mexico. T- talk to me a little bit about, about where you got started in, in the wrestling business. I know you've talked about it before in, in other interviews and stuff like that, but just for a little bit of background on our end, you, you started training in Texas and eventually worked your way into Mexico, which we'll, we'll get to in a little bit, but I'm just curious about where, where your start came from. Well, actually, so I, um, I'm from like San Antonio, okay. Texas area. So I started at Texas Wrestling Academy September 11th, 2017. Okay. And then I made my debut the end of February um, of 2018. And then about five, six months after that, that's when I got contacted by Stardom. Oh, yeah. So I ended up leaving New Year's Eve of 2018 for Stardom. And then I got to celebrate like my one year debut anniversary in Japan. Wow. So you were wrestling in Japan within your first year of being in professional wrestling. Yeah, I was terrified. That's incredible. <laughs> and and have you ever had you ever been to Japan before? Have any kind of background with Never. Japanese culture? Oh man, what was that Never. culture and shock so, like? Out of all the foreigners, I was the only American. Oh wow. And um, so that was like just a culture shock too, because it's like oh, okay, I'm living with girls that also speak English, but I it was. It was just so crazy. Like, I'm like, I'm the little lone American over here. And, but I met like some of like the best girls over there. And I enjoyed my time over there so much. And so, um, a few months prior to leaving to Japan is when I started to make the trips to reality of wrestling. Okay. So, so you're going um, from, from San Antonio to Houston. Yes. So um, I worked at a gym every day from 8 to 12, and then I'd go home, eat, shower, drive to Houston, oh, wow. have training there, 
come back and it would feel like sometimes if I even got like two hours of sleep and then I'd go back to work and then kind of do the same thing over. And so it was just, there was one night I was just totally exhausted from driving. And, um, so when I was in Japan, um, it really like motivated me just cause there was so much amazing talent around me that I was like, I remember calling reality wrestling and I was like, when I get down there, I'm going to move there full time. And so I was already making my arrangements. And within two weeks of being back from Japan, I was in Houston. Unreal. How long were you in Japan? Two months. Two months. Wow. That's, that's, that's a a good stint of time. I know. And I wanted to be like, I told him, I was like, I will go longer. Like some people, they, they're like, Oh, two months is like a lot for me. And I'm like, no, I'll, just keep me over there. I like to travel and sure. I don't really like get too, too homesick. So, so like tell me about that, that experience though, being in there in Japan for two months. So, so you're living with, with other girls and roommates who are from either from the States or from all around the world. Are you also working there? Are you just wrestling full time and training full time? What does that schedule look like while you're there for two months? Uh, so with Stardom specifically, like you only go there, um, and work for them. So we were wrestling every weekend training during the week. Um, and then during our off days, like, um, some of the girls and me, we would go and like sightsee and do that. So like, I feel like I got the best experience of, oh, this is what it's like, like, living the dream is in the sense of I'm doing what I love to do, but also like experiencing the world. Yeah. And so that's where I was like, if I could just like get this feeling, like wherever I go, I'm like, this is exactly like what makes me happy. Unreal. That's amazing. That sounds so much fun too. So you, okay. So you come back from Japan, you move to Houston, then you start working for reality wrestling on a regular basis and and you start training there as well. Yes. Right on. And you're, and you're still there in Houston. Yes, I'm still here. Nice. I, I've been here like a month now. I mean, a year and a couple months now. Okay. So, I mean, essentially, you, you are roughly three years into your wrestling career at this point. Is that about right? Training. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and then like two years about for debut. Just active wrestling. Wow. So then at, at what point did you wait, make your way down to Mexico? Um, so I had a few promotions over there, like contact me. So the week I was actually supposed to go work for you is when I was going to make my Mexico debut, um, at the crash. Okay. But traveling was just all over the place. It's a terrible weekend for travel. It was the worst weekend. So like, I was like, I didn't, I didn't get to do either one of those. I was so sad. But, um, so um, I had done this seminar with someone from CMLL, and so they stayed in contact, and they actually, like, invited me over to go to Mexico, and they're like, you can train here, like, you may or may not um, get to wrestle in a show, but you're, it's pretty much like a two-week scholarship, you can come and, like, train at at the at um, arena Mexico and stuff, and I'm like, I'm all for that. Oh yeah, for so, sure. And so um, I go to Mexico City and train there, and then um, luckily, like I did get to make my debut for CMLL, so that was my Mexico debut. And just training there, I'm like, I want to go back so bad, and so that that's why I'm like over here trying to learn Spanish. Sure. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, that's that's awesome. And, and then you can utilize the varied styles and, and utilize your experience from Japan and Mexico and Lucha and American and, and Japanese and just be fluent all the way around. So mm-hmm. I, I guess let's take a step back for a second. How did you get into this uh, to get to this point of, of pursuing professional wrestling as a full-time job or a career to the point where you are spending months in, in Japan to actually let this be your reality? Like what led you to this point? Was this always a childhood dream? Did it come later on in life? I've had like a crazy life story. Okay. So I will try not to like blab on, but like, so, um, I grew up with like wrestling being around me, like whether it was like from my cousins or my brother. And so I was always exposed to it, but never did I think like, I'm going to do that someday or 
I want to do that someday. It's just, it's just like you watch movies and you don't think like I'm going to be a big actor in Hollywood. Like it's, it just doesn't seem like realistic. And so in, it was like instilled in my house and my head that it's like, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a job and that's what's going to happen. So, um, I actually play like competitive softball and, um, so that was pretty much like my life and I could have really pursued it to the point to where I would have gone somewhere to get a scholarship, but I just kind of like fell out of love with it Okay. Um, my senior year. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to go to college and I want to have like the college experience, but I know I want to be involved in sports and entertainment in some way. So I go to Texas A&M University um, and pursue like sports reporting and media and learn all about that stuff. And doing a lot with, of journalism. With wrestling in mind or potentially like journalism? Like I was like, I want to be on Sports Nation. Or on okay. side, I want to be a sideline reporter. Like I was just like, I'm going to be on ESPN. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right on. Um, and so I was just doing that. And um, luckily after I graduated, like I had a lot of opportunities with that. Like I had, I was working at a radio station and then I got a job as like a multimedia journalist at um, one of their local television stations. And so like I was very lucky because it is hard to get TV and radio jobs outside sure of is. college. Yeah. And so in the fact that like I wasn't happy, I had so many friends like just ticked off like you have like two jobs right now. <laughs> Impressive. And I just. I was just like, I wasn't happy at all. And so um, one of my friends who actually lived in College Station with me at the time still, she's like, well, I'm going to move to Dallas and start working there. And I just started to get in my head, you know what, I'm I'm just going to leave everything and start over in Dallas because I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but it's not this. Sure. Okay. So I left my job, left everything in College Station, moved to Dallas, started working in sales I had all these like random jobs just trying to make it, but I was like, I'm living the life. Like I feel free in the big city, and, living it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm young, I'm making money. <laughs> but then again, it was just like, as time went on, like I'm someone that I need to be like actively pursuing something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I wasn't pursuing anything that I was passionate about. Like I was ha- having fun and, it was all fine and dandy until I was like, okay, if I keep doing this, like three years is going to go by and then five years and then 10 years and then 15 years, I'm going to be like, what am I doing? And I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. So my year lease was coming up and my parents just told me, they're like, well, before you just sign your lease again, why don't you move back home and just kind of try to figure things out again. And I was like, okay, so another round of just trying to figure things out. Yeah. So I moved back home. And um, so I like to write. Like okay. I like to do creative writing. Yeah. And just in my spare time, um, I had written a novel. Oh, wow. And so I was like, well, and then my mom read it and she was like, um, she has like an English major and everything. And she's like, this is pretty good. She's like, have you ever thought about pursuing this? And I'm like, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Okay. So then, um, I apply for Louisiana university and I get a full ride to get my master's degree in creative writing from this book. No kidding. And then I was like, well, I need a job. So I, um apply to like an ESPN radio job over there and they were like um we can't put you on there yet but we have a producer job for you so I was like money yeah like, ESPN I'm radio go. right on I'm gonna get free college I'm gonna work okay that's and so I was like okay well that's what I'm doing next like I'm just kind of like going with the flow sure and um it's just funny because, like, especially while I was at home and had, like, a lot of downtime, like, wrestling kept, like, popping up again. Like, I had, like, one of my best friends because I had I had talked about it a few times in college, but I just always erased it from my mind because it's like, no, I have to finish college. Sure. And it just kind of seemed like a sign because it's, like, one of my best friends from college, she messaged me and she's just like, 
I'm watching this wrestling right now, and this just looks like something you would totally do. I don't know why you never did it. And I was like, yeah, but it's okay. And I'm just, like, blowing it off again. But I'm like, yeah, it is, like, really cool. But Were you were you watching it regularly too. at that point or not really? It was just, like, um, not, like, consistently yeah. just because school and stuff. Sure. Like, but it was I had Mm-hmm. I was mostly watching like ESPN and Fox or just college stats because I was like I was in charge of a lot of the big sports at a and Okay. So it's like that was like all year round. Like all of a sudden my life was college sports of for course. four years. Um, And then so then I had a family dinner and my cousin who actually was one of the ones who exposed me to wrestling when I was younger, his daughter ha- was watching um, – wrestling like on his phone and I was like just watching and I was like gosh and I just like felt like excited and I was like this is just so cool and she's like super into it and he's just like yeah I told you like a long time ago you should have done that and he's like I don't know why you didn't do that and then he, I was like because and then I started like having a little conversation about it because I was like well I don't even know how to start like, I don't know what to do for that, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you know there's a wrestling school down the street? And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it was like Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. And then my aunt started telling me how, like, she went to high school with Shawn Michaels. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, like, this this big conversation, I'm just like, hmm. And he started, like, looking it up. And he's like, look, it's Texas Wrestling Academy, like, formerly Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. And, um, of course, like, Daniel Bryan went there yeah. and, like, all these huge names and so like I was like you know what I was like it's it says there's like a weak trial I was like if I hate it then I hate it but at least like I tried it because I was like at this point I really didn't know my next step I was just kind of like okay I'm gonna go be a writer like yeah and and had you gone to Louisiana already at this point or was that before okay I was still at home got it so it was just like Beginning of the summer, so I was like, school starts later. So I messaged Rudy Boy Gonzalez, who is the lead trainer at the school. And I was like, hey, like, I'm interested in checking things out, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, uh, make sure your cardio is good. The day one of the tryout, September 11th. And we'll, after one week, like, we'll talk. Hmm. Like, if you make it. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And I was like, okay, so... Pretty much, like, I went and never left. That's exactly how it happened. Yeah. (laughs) So it took to it very, very quickly, and and the rest is history at this point. So then you you never pursued the creative writing master's degree or went to Louisiana or anything like that. My goodness. Nope. I was like, I stayed home, and I told my parents, I was like, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And were, were they supportive of this pursuit? Like, what was there something that they had pushed you to be, like, as you were younger and, and growing up and going to college initially, that they had, like, high hopes for you, and then you went and started being a professional wrestler? I don't think they knew how to take it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm someone where it's, like... I do have, like, a lot of, like, crazy ideas. And, of course, it's like, okay, well, I left everything in at Texas A&M and was in a good position to to go to Dallas to do random stuff, to, like, go home to be like, I don't know. I'm going to go to get my master's degree. And so, like, now they're just kind of like – and so, like, I was laying everything out. And I kind of almost had to, like, put a presentation together for them (laughs) to be like – just pitch it to them. I think this is why this would work. And I was like, everything, like, and it was everything that I learned just from like that one week of being around it and what I knew from just like my previous knowledge. I was like, I think I've been always actively pursuing things that like were a part of this business and this sport. And I was like, and I, I was like, I'm just so happy being there. And I think like at that point they were just like, well, you know what? Like, we haven't seen her this happy in a long time. Sure. Like, let her just keep doing it. And they even, like, to this day, like, every time, like, they see me, because they don't get to see me wrestle all the time. Sure. Yeah. But when they do, they're like, you're actually not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've managed to uh, to rack up a few accomplishments in this period of time. Yeah, like, when I, like, told them, like, oh, I'm going to go to Japan, they're like, what? What do you mean? This is a scam. And I was like, honestly, I think it's a scam too. I was like, it's stardom. 
Why would they be calling me? <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> so they just like, okay. And so like every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to Mexico. And I'm like, don't worry. It's a very notable promotion. Yeah. So, okay. So, and, and I think to your point, you're right. You had all of this different experience from a background in athleticism to media and journalism and mass communications and all of these things and, and creative writing in general, and just kind of all really all being pieces of the puzzle in professional wrestling that, that kind of worked to your advantage. And then actually getting into the ring and, and actually having the mechanics and, and the technical and cardio stuff. How did you take to that initially? Like, was, was it what you expected it to be? Was it, was it harder? Did you take to it really easily and naturally? Well, so I knew from day one, everyone there was trying to make me die. Like, they, <laughs> Just putting you to the test. I know they wanted me to quit. Cause I, I mean, like, it's hard to take to me at first. Like literally my first day of training, it's like I came in like pink yoga pants and I had makeup on. Cause I was, I would always come from work. Okay. Yeah. And so I would like always like kind of be done up and I would like change there, but like, it would just be like something insane, like 50,000 burpees or something. And I, but it's like, so the very first day I like was crawling to my couch and I just told my parents, like, I was like, this is no joke. Yeah. And just even learning how to run the ropes. Like I have pictures like from the beginning that my mom took, like, it looks like wit marks. Yeah. Like, it's pretty intense. Those, those first couple weeks. Yeah. And I was beat up and I was just like I love it that's awesome so at no point did it scare you off or you second thought like maybe I I'm in over my head like you you took to it like a fish to water from day one no it's just it's like one of those things like I'm just always like you know what like people have I'm not the first one to do this and I'm not the last one to do this so I'm like I just always tell myself I'm like it's mental it's mental it's mental and I'm like it's gonna be hard and it's like I like doing things that are scary yeah that's good. And, um, I mean, like, I'm a very, like, anxious person, but I'm just like, okay, like, it's one of those things, like, on the top rope, like, okay, one, two, three, just jump. Right. Even though I, I hate heights. <laughs> you but just do it. makes me fly. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And and you did you have any kind of gymnastics background or anything like that either? No, just softball and track. Yeah. volleyball a few years right on right on so now i mean some some uh transferable skills but not nearly as many as you may have gotten doing doing other things going into it really not really and i i wish i did like i've even like since i started like just even like looked up types of like gymnastics classes or something just so it's like i like to know i'm like doing things correctly right right um but no i i wish i did but it's, no, but it's, but it's working like, for you. So, I mean, you, so you mentioned where you wore pink yoga pants to your first day of training and, and you're kind of all pink everything in terms of your persona. Has that, is that just Alex? Is that you on, on a regular basis? Or is that something that you kind of turned up to 10 for your wrestling persona? Or how, how did the pink dream come about? It was definitely a normal thing in my lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is like turned up to 10 in the sense where I think I, I'm just exposed a lot more now. Sure. Um, because Everyone when I was trying to, to figure out, like, what, how do I want my gear to be, and this and that, and this and that, and I was just so torn, and I'm just like, what can I, like, be known as that everyone is everything now, so I'm like, everything's taken, Yeah. what, what, what can make me different, and, like, um, my trainer, Rudy Gonzalez, like, at the time, every single day, he's like, and I'm like, What? <laughs> And he like there was like one day he's like, You wear pink every freaking day. I don't know why you're not gonna just be something with pink. And then I was like, you know what? I was like my favorite diamond in the world called the pink dream. And I was like, maybe I could just take that and run with it. And that's exactly kind of what I did. Yeah. Um and so and just kind of did all that and so then I made like the decision to make my hair pink and all that which I was also terrified to do were you so <laughs> yes oh that's hilarious well I mean I think it, it certainly works and and you play it up in in all the right ways and so you you get to this point you're starting to work and and you're going to Japan and then was it this past uh year that you had your tryout for WWE 
So that was a, yeah, it would have been like April. It's like a year, a year ago at this point. 2019. Yeah. About a year ago. Right on. How was that experience? And how did you, how did that come about? So it happened out of nowhere. I feel like that happens a lot for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was like, um, I just remember like laying in bed and it's, it's like, okay, you just, I was kind of just like home. And it's like, I got home from like the best experience that I felt like of my life, like from Japan. And I was like at home. And then I was, I like woke up and, um, I was just like, you're invited. And I was, um, and I was like, like, is this spam? (laughs) It was via, it was a via email. Yeah, it was via email. And so it was like, you're invited. And I like sent a screenshot to my parents and they're like, wow, is that real? And I'm like, I think so. My goodness. And um, so it was literally like, I only had like a month to get ready. And so was this something that you were actively pursuing or they they approached you with the email essentially? Well, I had made a profile when I when I started wrestling. So I made a profile and um I don't know. I had kept more involved with Evolve. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so kind of like with Gabe. And so I will like send Gabe like matches and just be like, have him critique me and stuff like throughout, especially like my first year. And yeah. so like when I got back, um, he was just asking how stardom was and everything. And then, um, maybe a week I saw him and I was like, I was like, guess what? I'm going to try it out. And so um, he was just like, oh, that's awesome that you got the call. And I was like, yeah. And so I went and it was, it was just so surreal being there. Cause I'm like, this, this is like why you like do this is Absolutely. to like be able to like be in a facility like this and yeah. stuff. And it's just like be around like other professionals. And I was like, the athletes in my tryout were insane. Yeah. Like I was like, with Olympians and stuff, I was like, what are you, where am I, like, <laughs> crazy, is there anyone from, is there anyone from your class that got signed? Yes, a few, so, right um, they've just recently, like, been, I think, like, four, okay, yeah, because this was a year ago oh. at this point, yeah, and, um, at the last tryout, um, which was, in March before all this quarantine stuff, um, I was like there, but we got sent home because the coronavirus. Oh, it happened right around the time you were there. Yeah, it was when WWE first started like doing the in-house shows. Yeah. So we were there for a tryout and like our second day that we were told that like, we were going to get sent home. Oh, wow. So, But there was one other girl that was from my first tryout there with me. Got it. So got it. So what is the tryout process like? I know it's it's like a couple day experience. You guys are doing all sorts of cardio and and strength training, and I'm assuming doing some tryout and promos and stuff like that. It's definitely like pushing you to your limit for sure. Um, And then yeah, it's you do your promo and um, workers get to do a match. And stuff like that. It, I feel like the second trial is going to be different than the first tryout. Um, okay. But I think they change it like every time. So you never know what to expect. You just like, I just know I need to have like my cardio game up. Sure, sure. Did you get any feedback? <laughs> and then I'll be like, everything will work itself out. But as long as you're on, on point with sure cardio. I don't die. Yeah. <laughs> so did, did they provide you any feedback after the first tryout that you were able to take with you now your second time around? Well, I think since I had just, like, finished my first year, um, just in there, it was just, like, just keep building your name and getting exposure and stuff like that. Yeah. But kind of, like, the generic stuff. So, I mean, that's what I tried to do as much as possible. Right. So, I mean, by the time... We end up posting this. Today was a very crazy day for WWE as they're going through a ton of cuts and and laying people off and and severing contracts and stuff like that. So the the future is very uncertain, both in just in the both in the wrestling world and the entertainment world in general. Everybody is certainly feeling everything that's that's going on right now. Does does that 
you know, kind of change your perspective in terms of what the future has for you, you know, in the next couple of months or what you're pursuing? Are you, are you doing a lot of creative writing now while you have free time or what, what other things are you uh, potentially exploring now that we are kind of where we are in the world? Like, well, I know like one thing is that I um, really wanted to just like get like my physique like back on point because yeah. it seems no, like no better time to do it but it's hard to do I got the call like after every single time like I would go out of the country and so I'm like why it's almost Crazy like time. Alex is going out of the country like <laughs> call her in yeah you know she's been snacking <laughs> so like that's what I've just like really been trying to focus on and just like really have a plan on like how I can I like I want to be ready like once things are ready to go and stuff it's like obviously I can't have like my in-ring training but there is so many other elements to wrestling that aren't just like your aren't in the ring so that's what I'm mostly trying to work on but as far as I feel like there was just so many things I was looking forward to especially like March yeah like March is gonna be a really exciting month for me, but I feel like opportunities that may not have happened or um, this or that or things are getting postponed. Like, I mean, like whatever's like meant for you will happen. No doubt. Of course. I fully, so, I fully like, agree with that. Yeah. So everyone's like in this and I tell myself, I'm like, everyone's in the same boat. So I'm not like going to be that like, woe is me person sure. because I'm just going to try to like, keep my routine and like be as consistent as possible because it's like there are so many people getting the repercussions of this and it's so sad. Yeah. And it is. So just as long as like, I'm just trying to do like my part so this can end as soon as possible because like, it's like, I, I want to like go out and keep like living like too. Like it, it is hard, but it's as, Hopefully it just doesn't keep getting postponed. Right. But. It's, it's all we can do. All we can do is do our part yeah. and make sure that we are helping in, in whatever way, individually, responsibly, that we can. So when when you're not training and, and meal prepping as extensively as you are, what you what is your go-to cheat meal? What What is your guilty pleasure? Pizza, for sure. Yeah. So I'm actually having a cheat meal today. And a I'm, good day. Right on. I'm a binger. Like... Like, my roommate all the time is like, I don't understand how you can eat that much. So, <laughs> so when, like, WrestleMania was going on, I skipped, like, my cheat meal the week before. Because I was like, I'm going to have two cheat meals in, in a row. Yeah. But they they did turn into, like, cheat days. But I was like, okay, the theme of Saturday is going to be, like, like bar food slash junk food. So, we had, like, pizza. <laughs> like amazing chips and guac and french fries and just all this like oh it was amazing and then sunday the theme of dinner was brunch so it was like breakfast for dinner (laughs) (laughs) so like we started with like i did make fruit and i was like okay so i'm starting a little bit healthy but then it was like sausage biscuits and (laughs) just game over potatoes And then I was like, then I made waffles. And then I was, I ate like six waffles. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's, it's when you're in quarantine and it's WrestleMania weekend, you do what you got to yes. do. <laughs> and then have you had the Diet Dr. Pepper cream soda? I have not. Those are my two favorite sodas in the world. Okay. And they put it in one soda. No. <laughs> Life-changing. <laughs> So I got that, and I got like vanilla ice cream, and was eating a float too. So incredible, man! You did it right. That that is the way. And, to and do we it. made mimosas, so it was uh, it was not? a great cheat day. Incredible. So what yeah. is your what is your pizza? Do you have a favorite pizza place? Like I, I I personally have never had pizza in Texas. I'm from Chicago, so like pizza is in our blood. But I'm just Chicago pizza is amazing. It's a game changer. <laughs> so you've you've had pizza then, obviously, when you've been working in Chicago or been traveling there. Yes. Like, every time. Every time I go there, like, New Jersey, New yeah. York, I always, like, I'm, like... It's a rite of passage. Just you, you really have so to. I can yeah. <laughs> just book to eat. I know so many people. That's, like, you, you wrestle your match, immediately go get pizza right afterwards. Have to. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Here, there's, like, there's, like, some local spots. It, it isn't, like, the same. Like, I'm really not, like, super, super 
picky. Like, I just love pizza in general. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's not on the same level as those places. Which is fair. Which is fair. I, I think it's some, – some places have uh, your little niche places that you're able to find that can kind of hold their own. Other places, yeah. not so much. But it's uh, – usually that's – when traveling myself, that's my go-to is either find a, a pizza place or a sushi place and, and let that kind of be the, oh, the standard sushi bearer. sushi, too. <laughs> Like um, sushi, pizza, ice cream, like that'd be my last meal. Yeah, you can't go wrong. You really can't. So I, I'm curious to, to not go back too far, but in in terms of your creative writing, what was your novel about? Was that was it something that you have just that you did, and it's kind of doing it just sitting there, or have you pursued it further after that point? So like, so funny thing is, so I just had a friend who recently wrote a book. Okay. And got it published. Oh, wow. And we were just, um, it was after the Row Awards, actually. Um, it, like, his, it's number one on Amazon and everything. Like, no way. he's doing well with it. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I think I, like, just posted about it, but it's called, like, Back from the Future. And we were sitting um, at dinner, like, after the Row Awards for Reality of Wrestling. And I, I had told him, I was like, well, my mom actually told him. <laughs> just mom bragging She's about like, you. you know, Alex wrote a book once. And then he was like, what? And I'm like, oh, God. Gotta... <laughs> Bust it out. <laughs> yeah, so I, was, so I was telling him about it, and he was like, what? And so he's actually gotten me in contact with his publisher. And so, like, I'm in pending process right now. And I was like, and I told him, I was like, listen, I was like, no matter like what they say, whether they pick up like my novel or not, I was like, I haven't touched that book in two years. Yeah. And just even like going back and like looking at it and like reading it. And I was like, you don't know how like thankful I am just for that. Cause I was like, that was like a dream and a goal I had like in life that I kind of just like put on the back burner because like I did get so busy with like wrestling. I was like, now is like the perfect time to kind of like, be able to like work on it again and do that. And so I told him, I was like, no matter what they say, like, I was like, it forced me to write like a, a formal proposal about it and do this. So I was like, if it doesn't work, like I can always like go give it to other publishers now. Yeah. But I was like, you kind of like brought that book back into my life just by even like getting me in contact. So I was like, thank you. So hopefully like we're praying that awesome. they want to like pick it up. Like that would be like a dream come true. Yeah. That, I spent two to three years writing it. Wow. That's amazing. Well, fingers crossed for you. That That's exciting to know that, that yeah. something may come of it. And in, in at this point in time, especially mm -hmm. when there's not much else going on and you can put a little bit of focus into that, that'd be, be very exciting to put out there. Yeah. I, I would love that. Cause I feel like that it was like just a big, like, part of me and just like it is something that I was like very passionate about and it's like if I have it I'm like I want to at least try to do something with it and For so sure. just recently is like when I my first like attempt to try something with it so I was like that kind of like got me motivated with that again yeah do you think you'd write more whether a novel or, or other creative pieces <laughs> like if the opportunity presented itself I think I would want to write more on this side of like a children's book okay yeah a novel like that took a long a time lot <laughs> and a lot of research and and stuff like that so it's like not that I wouldn't do the work but it definitely is like I like to put everything into like projects I'm doing yeah. and I feel like especially like when wrestling starts up again but um I definitely like always thought about children's books so that's, that's something fun. hopefully that that's something I can like put on my resume that could be a consistent project, I think would be cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love to be able to support that and, and check <laughs> it out, especially with all the, all the kiddos out there who are looking for something yeah. to read right now. I know. <laughs> Incredible. Well, I, I, I appreciate the time. I, I think we've, we've certainly learned a lot more about you and had some really fun stories. And what are some ways that anybody kind of watching or, or eventually listening can can support you and, and discover kind of what you have going on, you know, while they can't watch you wrestle? I mean, I still have my YouTube channel. So if you search for Alex Grassi on there, like I have random stuff on there, like 
from wrestling matches to like makeup tutorials to vlogs and and so like um I try to stay consistent consistent as I can I've been hopefully going to have like more stuff on there soon with all this free time yeah but but yeah if you just like want random stuff and you can kind of just see in there I have like four vlogs from Japan that's like part one two three four okay so those are sometimes like cool to reminisce on for sure absolutely and and where can where can fans find you on social media if they don't already follow you so on instagram and twitter it's alex gracia three and yes it's gracia yep gracia we got you <laughs> but yeah it's it's usually the same all across the board so alex gracia three on instagram and twitter that's where i'm mostly active i really don't use my facebook too too much yeah that that seems pretty common across the board where does the three come into play so that was my varsity number there you go yeah cool. and i think three is just like a good number you have like the trilogy yeah. it's like <laughs> amazing Incredible. Well, Alex, I certainly appreciate the time. It's been fun to get to chat with you, and I'm very hopeful that we will get to work together and interact in person, uh, hopefully sooner than later, because uh, I know we're certainly excited to see you come and work for Zello as well as just get back out there and, and start working again in all the promotions that you are working in and then some. Uh, and hopefully one day, very, very soon, uh, we'll be doing this in person. Yes, thanks for having me. And yeah, like I said, third time is yes, a charm. Yes, third time a charm. We're, we'll make sure that it will be locked and loaded by the time it happens. And by the time yes. that does happen, everyone will be ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready. So. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate it again. Stay safe, be well, and uh, certainly look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. Awesome. You too. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Bye.